Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 223 of Art for Your Ear. Today's episode is supported by the International Beautiful Bazaar Art Prize 2022, and you guessed it, they're now open for entries. The Beautiful Bazaar Art Prize is an annual, non-acquisitive, meaning they don't acquire the piece, art prize celebrating diversity and excellence in the representational visual arts. This international prize is open to artists from any country and covers all static mediums, traditional, digital, photographic, not to mention all styles from hyperrealism to lowbrow. Okay, now listen to this part. There's over 57,000 U.S. in cash and prizes to be won, as well as global exposure and the chance to exhibit at Modern Eden Gallery in San Francisco. The grand prize winner will receive $13,500 U.S. in cash, along with a bunch of other prizes, and the top 110 finalists will automatically be entered into the People's Choice Award, where the general public, that's us, <laughs> can vote for who we want to win. So that actually is two chances to be a winner. And in case you're curious, the beautiful Bazaar team do look at every single entry. It is the best way to get your work in front of them, including the editor-in-chief, Daniela Crow-Percy. So, what to do next? Easy. Just enter the best work from your existing portfolio. In other words, don't feel pressure to create new work. The entries close on July 17, 2022, midnight LA time. So put that on your calendar and get your entry in. For more information on award categories, the full list of prizes, and how to enter, visit beautifulbizarreartprize.art. So all one word, beautifulbizarreartprize.art. I'll also have a link over on my post at thejealouscurator.com slash blog, so you can find everything there as well. All right, today's episode is part two in my conversation with New York artist Pita Coyne. In case you missed it, she generously offered to interview me about my solo show titled Self-Preservation that just opened a couple of weeks ago at the Penticton Art Gallery. Part one was recorded the day before I installed the work, and today's episode was recorded uh, just on last Wednesday, about a week and a half after the opening. PETA had given me a few assignments for the install um, and the opening, so we're going to cover all of that. We're also talking about what worked, what I might change, what's next, and all of the feelings <laughs> that I have found out come crashing in after you've worked really hard on something for a really long time. I feel like I am talking too much and too fast at the beginning of this conversation, but I am just going to chalk that up to nervous energy, exhaustion, and let's be honest, probably too much coffee. Oh, and this episode is not marked explicit because PETA and I keep it pretty clean, but somewhere near the end, I do drop a very well-placed F-bomb, so just be prepared for that. Anywho, as usual, PETA and I have just jumped right in, so let's do the same. Part 2, post-opening with Peter Coin. So how is my girl doing? Good. I want to see that big smile. It was really good. Are you happy as a as a pig in mud? <laughs> I am. I like I I was so happy with how it turned out. It looked really good. This was the first opening the gallery had, had in 2 years because of COVID. Wow. Um, and it was packed. 
and um, people really liked it. And um, I think a lot of people, I got to talk to them about this because it's still up for like a long time, but nobody's reading the little artist statement. It's on a weird wall. So I don't think people realize it goes with it. So I did hear a few people walk through and be like, it's pretty, but I don't get it. And then I just happened to be standing there. So I was like, I can tell you about it. (laughs) The inside scoop. And so I said, did you read the artist statement? They were like, oh, no, I missed that. So I'm gonna have to get them to move it. Um, But once I explained things, people, a few people cried, like people who'd been through similar things. Um, I had a few men say that they really liked the collages, but then they pointed to the pointed like in a scared way towards the sculptures and said can't really get my head around this though and did you ask <laughs> did you say why yes and what they say he was just sort of creeped out by the cigarette butts and he didn't understand how it was like connected to my body and the woman that he was with was like I get it <laughs> It was interesting. And then, so I did a little eavesdropping, you know, like on the opening night, how you do that. Like you just, nobody knows that you're the artist at first. So I was just like floating and listening. And um, it was really good. Like all like very positive stuff. And the stuff that was negative was more just like confusion. Like, oh, and a lot of people thought I've had a lifelong battle with smoking. Oh, oh, that's interesting. So surface level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people were like, oh man, how many years did it take you to quit smoking? And I said, oh, I've actually never smoked. And they were like, what? <laughs> Which is really good because it led into so many cool conversations, right? Yeah. yeah. About what they meant to me and what, you know, like the fact that I always have since this first, my first diagnosis, I was 28 when they said about the giant fibroids. And I think just being a visual person, I always picture, like I always have pictures in my head, right? When, when I'm told things, I just pictures pop in my head. And I remember being told that I had these growths and that, you know, blah, blah. And I pictured that part of like my uterus area being like uh, an ashtray because it's kind of that shape, right? And so that was just the picture I've always had in my head. And I've never done anything art related with it and it wasn't until I started playing around with this when we were talking about altars and I love how there's all that stamped out cigarettes on these makeshift altars in Venice and stuff that I was like oh my gosh that's so funny I've always actually thought of my uterus as this ashtray so then that's kind of how it all came together so when I would explain that to people people were very like totally got it and very moved oh and there was this one lady so I did an afternoon talk the, oh, you the, did? Yeah, the day of the opening, like a oh, wow. Yeah, like a forty-five minute um, talk, and then like a fifteen-minute Q and A, actually in the space. And um, so I was talking about Venice and and the make the makeshift altars and how I loved you know the feminine parts, but then the garbage parts, and um, then talked about the hysterectomy, of course. Anyway, so afterwards, this lady comes up to me and she said, "Well, get this." Oh. She said, I had hysterectomy in Venice. And I was like, what? She, she was there on holiday, always holiday. Dreamed of going to Venice and had an emergency hysterectomy, started hemorrhaging and had to be taken in one of those ambulance boats. Oh my Venice. God. She said, they put her in a wheelbarrow, bumped her down the stairs. Boom, 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 in boom, a boom, wheelbarrow? Boom. Yeah. 
from her hotel, bump, 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 down the bridge steps to the ambulance. And she said, I'm whipping down the Grand Canal to the hospital to have this emergency surgery. And she said, there's people on the bridges having gelato. It was evening. And she spent, I think they were supposed to be there for a week. She spent five or six of those days in the hospital in Venice. Wow. Isn't that crazy? What year was this? Not very long ago. A few years ago. Wouldn't you be freaked out to have had that happen there without your own doctors? And yeah, without the language. The and language, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. You, you never showed the exact translation. W was she fluent in um, Italian? No, she's from, oh, she's from my, my town. Oh my gosh. And what so, yeah, her, I mean, even in a hospital, like when I had my surgery, I didn't even understand what they were talking about. And I was speaking they English and so English. were they. <laughs> But her husband, um, he was standing there too in this conversation. He was, he's a doctor. So at least he kind of knew oh, wow. what was supposed what, to kind of be happening. But he said, uh, he goes, boy, I tell you, he said, the food in that hospital, amazing. Oh, really? Yes, oh, said, of course. It he's a delicious Italian. Italian Venice, Venetian. <laughs> he's like, we could have stayed there a little longer, actually. It was pretty good. Um, so wow. anyway, but what are the chances? So she said, when I'm listening to your talk and... She said, you start talking about Venice. And I was like, oh yeah, I have memories of Venice. She said, and then you started talking about hysterectomies. And I was like, okay, we need to chat. Isn't oh, that crazy? Wow, isn't that some, and how did she feel about your work? Because this is so connected. How did, did yeah. it really hit her? Yes, that's what she said, very trigger, like triggering, but she said in such a good way, cause she said it was such a negative experience that she had, like, was terrifying right and uh and she said I just love that you've turned it into this beautiful thing and uh yeah I had so many conversations like that with so many interesting women and um yeah it was really good but then as you know we were supposed to record last week I was exhausted I don't know how like how you do it with like going to Rome and installing and flying back and then off to somewhere else to do oh my god I needed like five days just to like nap well you you you've been building up 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 and and I was so happy that you never like you kind of kept this to yourself very private just kept working on what this was for you and then all of a sudden you released it, you released all this emotion. And then you just literally, you know, it, it was like out there and then you get a 40 minute talk and then you have the opening. I mean, it's a very emotional thing that you did. And um, like, that's why, uh, you know, when I come back from these places, I'm sometimes weeping on the plane. People think I've lost somebody, you know? I know and, I cried a ton and I, I, yeah, it's I, very emotional. yeah, I, well, I was trying to, I could, I felt like I wanted to cry. I was just so, yeah, yeah emotionally done. Yeah. And I can I, see you're even emotional now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was just it, like, you're exactly right. Actually. I didn't even think of that, but it is so personal and I have been working, I have been alone with the thoughts and with the stuff for so long. And then to talk about it over and over and over yeah. with different people. And then last, this past Saturday, 
was they did a big art walk um, in this city. So they had, I think, 50 places on the map and it oh, started oh, yeah. at the gallery where my show was. And so I just popped in to visit my art. I was missing everybody, wanted to go and say hi to all of the little broken bits. And I forgot <laughs> this art walk was on. And again, it was just packed. And so I overheard one lady look at my collages, the resin coated collages. And I heard her say to her friend, oh, these are digital. These are just digital prints. And I didn't say anything. And then I heard her, the friend say, no, those are, I think those are collages. And she's like, no, they're not. Look at the surface. It's just a digital print. So I kind of snuck up behind and they said, I think they are collages. And uh, they said, oh, and then they looked, are you the artist? And so I ended up having this big conversation with them. And um, I ended up being at that at there again for another two hours because there was just a stream of people and nice you know so I got to have more conversation about it which was really great and then I just snuck out of there when nobody was looking which was also really nice um but yeah it was just like a lot of like to keep it to yourself for so long and then just download it on repeat yes. over and over and over and over yes. and I was just like pooped but I was pooped but happy because I was yes. um yes and yes. like I said to you before the opening I felt I was so proud of everything, yes. you know, that regardless of what, you know, even if people were like, this is crap, I would have been like, no, right. I don't think so. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of my high school friends who none of whom are artists, they, they all came to the opening and they know I've been, you know, every time I meet them for coffee, I'm covered in paint, but that's kind of all they know. Right. <laughs> and uh, a few of them were just so moved and then actually texted me after and just said you know I'm so so proud of you like they said you know I knew you were talented but like I did not I did not know you had this in you you know yeah. and so it was really what a big compliment to yeah, you yeah yeah because even though they maybe don't maybe they don't get it the way you mean it they get it the way you mean it because it's a different level of it. And that's yeah. so wonderful that they even would take the time to look and they get your generosity of spirit. And that's so wonderful, you yeah. know? And they'll see your next show and they'll get that, you know, they'll slowly, slowly catch on. And maybe your second show, they'll really begin to understand the first one. You yeah. Know? And which is so beautiful. That's a beautiful way to get all these people involved you know mm -hmm. and, and I and especially in my town like I haven't been I'm Charlie's mom when I'm here right and I think yeah. it was partly because I was traveling so much with Jealous Curator that when I did come home I just I didn't want to engage in any of that stuff I just yeah. wanted to be in my sweatpants and go pick him up from swimming lessons and you know just yeah. not have to engage in the art stuff but um one of my good friends who I've known for like since high school um and we go out, a bunch of us, you know, for drinks and coffee and whatever, but we never, I don't know, I don't go into all this stuff. And uh, so she came to the show. She loved it. She had, she might be listening right now because she ended up, I told her about our first episode of, of this. And uh, so she went and listened and loved it. Hi, Ginger, if you're listening. And she, <laughs> um, so then we went out for, uh, for drinks, a few of us, and she said, I loved it. So she ended up asking me all these questions about the show that I just, this is not something we talk about. So I was 
it, it was like the nicest, most generous conversation on her behalf to like keep asking questions, right? I'm just not used to that. And um, and then she said, and then I listened to your episode with PETA and she said, I just loved it. So she said, I'm going back to the gallery with a cup of tea and I'm just going to take my time. And now that I've heard you speak about it at length, I'm going to go and like, just go by myself and just take it all in again in a different way. Oh, isn't that lovely of yeah. her? Yeah. yeah. And I almost cried. Her. I was just like, thank you so much for caring enough to go and look again and think. Be and interested. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I love people that become really interested just because they love the person who made it or they begin to see a, a, a click or a spark and they start to look and then they'll start to read and start to listen. And then they, then all of a sudden they've got the bug and yeah. that is so nice. And that yeah. is, so, and that you started all that. Wow. I mean, you can't ask for anything better. that's why we make art, you know, yeah. that's why we do it. And if you've gotten, you know, if you get your hometown uh, looking at contemporary art because of what you've done, I mean, what what more can you want? Nothing. Well, Nothing. you know, and I remember that's what I said to you. I was worried that I was like, oh, geez, are these, you know, the, these gallery goers going to be expecting, you know, paintings of the lake and stuff, and they're going to get jars of <laughs> cigarettes. Out. And that's why I was kind of eavesdropping. And the general gist of the eavesdropping was how amazing it was and how excited people were to have this kind of art in this size of a town yes and yeah. it, it was great because the other space um I think I told you about her, her name's oh, Alexandra yeah. Goodall she yeah she does these amazing like pod things out of felted wool and then uh, she was working with a art, uh, a sound designer named another Danielle, Danielle Savage. And so, as you walk up to the work, it would react. It, it gurgles and sounds like babbling brooks. And so you can kind of move through the space. They painted the whole space deep, deep navy blue, and then the lights are all down. So it's very much an experience. And so between that and then my stuff, it was like. <laughs> Look out, Penticton. We've got some weird <laughs> stuff. Right? But people loved it, I think, you know, it's and uh, yeah, it was interesting. That is great. That is great. And when you went to install it, I know we all have ideas of what we think. Okay, this is what it's going, you know, you had your color palette on the walls and all these. Uh, did it go off just as you thought? Or was it? Uh, was it better? Were there some hookups um, that you thought, oh, this really worked? Or, gosh, I wish this had been just a little bit like bigger, or I wish I'd had more of these. I wish this hall would have just been a little bit thinner, or, mm. you know, things of that nature, because you always see these things. What, what was it for you? Um. Well, I think I told you when I first got there, I was like, uh oh, I don't have enough work for this space. Like this looks way bigger than I imagined. And yes. then when I actually installed everything, I was really happy with it. I really liked that the walls weren't jam packed with stuff like that. There was space between everything. And I think in my mind, I was beforehand, I was thinking not like a salon style, but like it's like coloring in the lines in kindergarten, right? It's like, oh, it's like, oh, you have to color the whole page. 
I actually really loved that it was spread out. And I think I'll do that from now on, like less is more. Um, I loved the black tabletop for the jars because I was just going to do a white table, but the curator suggested doing black. So as he said, when you photograph it, there's black behind it so that you can actually see the white objects in the jar. So I think I will always put them on black now. Um, but for the opening, um, I'd actually given the music to play this super weird music. Did you ever, did you watch, oh, you, you don't have time to watch TV. What am I talking about? There was a series last year called White Lotus about this super weird hotel in, um, in Hawaii. And the soundtrack of it is amazing. It was all like composed for the show. And so I used that. I, I had them playing that in the background. And I, I just decided that like a week before the show went up and it was perfect oh. because oh, really? it's kind of tropical, but oh. creepy. And oh, a lot good. of this stuff, I've got pineapples and leaves and orchids. And so it, it was and sort of tropical and creepy. Yeah. yeah. And so it, cause when I'd been posting stuff online, I'd been posting it with like, you know, like La Vie en Rose and like these French songs, which cover the pretty, but they don't cover the, Ooh, what am I, is that a dead bird? What's going on in there? <laughs> and, and so this music was just like, Oh my God, I have to, I have to add music. And then I snuck in there the day before the show opened with an old bottle of Rose Avon perfume and a Q-tip. And I put it under some of the leaves um, on the sculpture so that there was like a faint perfumey smell, like a grandma, like that, that rose scent. Yes. And I think it was just, it was because I felt like, and no shade to the gallery, like it, they've done a great job, but I wanted it to be more of an experience. I think because Alexandra's was, is such an experience. And I love how mine looks, but I think next time, yeah, there are things I would change. I, I don't want it so well lit. Like it's beautifully lit, which I think I thought was wonderful. Like there's natural light that comes in and sometimes sun bounces off the crystals and it's gorgeous. But I, you and I talked a long time ago when I first did the specimens, you said, how fabulous would these be in a little church in Venice? I cannot get that out of my head. Yes. yes. You know, just the scientific and the, you know, so that it seems scientific and modern, but then in an old church that's like dark everywhere else, but then just the specimens are lit. Yes. That's yes. what I want yeah. like that. And, and to have, the sound and to have, you know, you don't want too much of that scent because it's going to give people a headache. But like, I just, I love the idea of stepping into something yes. as opposed to just walking into a gallery and observing what's on the walls. Like I, yes. yeah, that's the next thing is I want that like. The focus where you can, yeah. you have the atmosphere, but you want the focus because otherwise there's just way too much to look at. Yeah. You notice all the detail. It's like, it's, I don't know if you can understand this, but when you're sick in a hospital, at first you're like so happy to be there. But after you've been there a while, it's like you start to notice like, oh, they haven't swept the floor as well as <laughs> should have. Yeah. You start to see all the details that you don't really want to see. But if it's, if it's like, so then you want to just make everything around you, like Sandy Scoglin's installations, make everything grayish and blue and just disappear, except for the things you want to pop. Yeah, and then totally. get those 
popping, but you could do it with light, which is even more powerful and just focus. And you walk into a church, you know, it's a church, you know, and, yeah. and one of those beautiful little churches are so exquisite, you know, and then just have this scientific experiments going on, you know, that would yeah. be. I love the combo of that sort of old and new and kind of, but decay you know, like, I love that there's broken things in those jars and then to have yes. it be in a church, which is so like, you know, there's so much already like implied by having it in a church, you know? Okay. So anyway, yeah. this is the dream. I don't know how you get a church in Venice, but now we're saying it out loud, but you know, that that's really interesting to me. Uh, Cause I know you said that you, you gave me a bunch of little to do's to think about and so I did stand in there by my I didn't record myself I wasn't that organized but I I did look I did keep a little sheet of notes at a girl I went, I went in there and I stood by myself <laughs> and wrote about um exactly that like wanting to create more of an experience and it was good in that I, I didn't know if people would see like I think there's like 60 or something 60 close to 70 jars on that table, right? I thought, are they going to walk in and go, ooh, a whole bunch of jars. That's too much to look at. Or are people going to go actually go one by one? I sort of set them up so that you could go around the table and see everything. There was nothing tucked in behind, right? Like it was almost like two rows. Right. Um, so you could walk all around this big table and see everything. And people did. People walked around the entire thing. Like they took a really long time, most people. Wow, yeah. Wow. And I, I, some of the specimens were named on little tags and, and labels and stuff. And people read them and then looked again and people had their favorites. And, and then you could hear people being like, oh, there's an engagement ring in this one. And somebody would come over and look. And um, everyone thought that cigarettes were real and that the gum was real. Really? Yes. Yeah. That is such a tribute to you. Wow. You must have been so thrilled. Well, considering when I started doing them, I, I you know, and I had that thing in my head from art school that I, I couldn't make things with my hands and I didn't think I could do it. And then to have people that, you know, thinking that I'd smoked all those cigarettes or <laughs> chewed, chewed all that gum. <laughs> You know, and it was like, nope, I just you would be dead. I know. You would be dead. Yes, in the last year, she has smoked 5,000 cigarettes. And this is the name of our today. I'd be in a real specimen jar by the, the end of that. Dead, hour. jealous, curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, that was really, and you told me to do that too, to pay attention and um, of how people looked at the show. And that was one thing I was super happy about was that people took the time to, to, I think the labels helped because then there's like some context for them, them to then go and look to see the correlation between what I named it and, you know, um, and the, the stuff inside. Um, but even with the collages, people really took time to uh, like, look at the, the, the confetti that's on there and um, the layers and layers of flowers. But I think those ones, they were looking more at it. Like, how did she do that? You know, like material wise, like, wait, is that resin or glass? Or like, you could tell they were looking from the side to see if there really was depth, but oh, with wow. the jars, they were looking for the narrative. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. They yeah. really wanted to, 
to really know, wanted to really think about that yeah. and to see what, where your head was. Mm-hmm. So I think what I was, I mean, I, I said beforehand that like, really these are two separate shows, but I had this opportunity for a beautiful well-lit space. So I've, I'm going with a photographer tomorrow. She's oh, taken good. a few shots, but we're going to like fully document it tomorrow um, so that I can send the collages to commercial galleries and send the jars, you know, to um, public galleries. But, you know, if I ever had the opportunity to show both, because I do love how they tie together. And I feel like it tells my story as, as yeah. a maker, like the way I like to make, it tells that story too. But I would put them in separate rooms. Oh, you would. You wouldn't put them back together. Again. I don't think so because... I think because people did look at them differently and they do have two different artist statements, you know? So um, I don't think it's confusing the way it is now, but if I can control the whole thing, you know, if I'm, if I'm off to Venice and with my little church, like I would, <laughs> somebody lets me control yes. this whole thing. Yes. I think I would separate them. Yes. I could see it in the church separated. Um, uh, and, but I can't see, I never saw the, I never saw the complete thing yeah. as one. So I, I don't know how they look together, but that's, that's a good, good thing for you. And, you know, really when you, in a year from now, when you look back, you'll be able to see this so much more clearly. Yeah. You know, I do then, feel like I'm in a tiny bit of a fog right now, like, oh, try, like sure. making any decisions or anything, like even trying to think like, I honestly, I, yesterday was the first day I went back in the studio and I didn't do anything. I just cleaned up. Um, yeah. And yeah. in a way it's, okay, I want to ask you this because, um, and maybe this is from being in advertising, but like when a campaign is done, you don't do that anymore. Now you get briefed on another client and another job and you go make something that looks completely different. But, and so I've always done that as an artist, like I'll have a show and then I don't make anything that looks like then that again yeah but I don't feel like I'm finished with this is that okay like that's okay right oh yeah oh you can do whatever you want sometimes you have to start back up with the things that you've left and mm. as you're starting to mess with it your hands will automatically go ahead it just right. moves on but you need to like start to do it again because your head your head's kind of like messed up. You don't, you don't, you're not, and maybe there's something you haven't quite finished. So yeah. you gotta just let, you have to kind of trust your hand and your heart to get your head out of it. Mm. Don't, don't listen to your head because your head will do something functional or traditional to forget your head. Follow your heart. Remember, it's a third, a third, a third, a third brain, third heart, third hands. And I just, I just, sometimes I turn the brain off and just let my hands and heart move it and, mm -hmm. you know, your gut. And I always think the gut and the hands are the same. And just do what they say, you know. Yeah. And whatever that is, it, it, you might chuck everything and start all over. But even when you remember when you were doing, um, all those discs and you thought this is going to be the show this is it I'm going to do these oh, yeah, all those I, circular and, panels yeah. yeah and then you were like next time I talked to you, you were like 
Those were all gone. And then I'm doing this. I'm doing the bird cages. This is it. I am going to do this show. And the next time I talked to you, all those were out. And then you were like, this is it. This is it. So I'm sure if you start with that, I'll talk to you the next time you'll go, oh, those are all gone. You know what? This is what this is what I'm doing. Because sometimes you just have to start with those things and all of a sudden it's gone. You just need to just start, you know, you just and now, which is kind of exciting, everybody has their own process. Some people go the next day right away back to work. Some people can't work during their shows that are up and then Immediately when the show comes down, boom, they're back in their studio again. And that's their process. Or some people go through this terrible depression after the show comes down. They're just so depressed. And it takes them a month afterwards, and then they can work. I don't know what your process will be. This will be so interesting. You have almost no control over it. It'll just be your process. But nobody told me oh, that's your process. I just thought like, what's the matter with me? Well, well, what was yours? What, are, what were you My like? process is that I, I get, when my show's up, I feel so vulnerable. I feel like I'm walking around without any clothes on. My parents are here and they see all my cellulite. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, like this is so embarrassing. But, and then the minute my show is down, I'm like, oh, thank God, I've got my clothes back on and now I can work again. You know, it's like, oh, thank goodness, you know? And so that's, and then I'm very happy. And I never, I never get depressed. I, uh, and I remember um, when I was going to an opening and, um, and I had my very good friend and we had a group show and she was with me and she's just like, oh, I just can't go. This is the most, oh, I can't go. Peter, I'm going to stay here. We were at my loft and we were supposed to go there. And she goes, I can't go. I just can't go. All those people, I can't go. And I remember thinking, we got to go, you know, we got to go. <laughs> and I said to her, okay, Sydney, in the scope of our lives, like how much how big is this opening? It's like nothing. It's like a little tiny pinhead. And she was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's go. So then we just went to the opening because really in the scope of your life, the opening was like nothing. And so you just have to kind of remember to put everything in context, you know? Mm -hmm. and, um, and so it's just like, and she now has all these big openings everywhere and she just, she just does fine. You know, it's just, it's always thinking about things in context, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a, that's a very good, um, I try and do that with so many things, you know, when I get worked up about anxiety stuff, like I often go and look outside, um, across the lake because this Valley has been here for, um, half a million years you know and it's oh, just like wow. the people yes. that have come and gone like we live on the back of a volcano that erupted you know five hundred thousand years ago and it's like you know what my little problem Matter. that's happening today yeah. is pretty small like you pretty know small. yeah pretty so it's, small. it puts We've it in perspective so little yeah so little yeah, yeah. but and I do so. feel I don't feel depressed I just feel a tiny bit like I was so like, I was in the studio eight or 10 hours a day. And it was just like, I get up and put on my overalls and I was right down there. And now I'm feeling a little bit like, well, A, I was tired and B, 
I'm like, what should I do? Like, do I keep making those collages or do I keep filling up jars or do I take this time to like think what I want to do next or, or is that what is next? Like, so I'm kind of just in this weird, like, but now I'm starting to get the Jones for like, I'm missing making stuff. So I think yeah. I just need to go down there and cut stuff out and get out the clay and just see what happens. You, you certainly deserved a break. You cert and you may want to even take a little break yet. You know, you're still now you're doing all the functional stuff. You yeah. have to have the photographs. You have to do all this. You have to clean up. Cleaning yeah. up is really a good thing, and that always takes a little bit of time. But you still feel like you're down there. You know. Yeah. And now you have to do the photography part, and now you have to think, okay, what is next? What is my dream for the next thing? And that's kind of what you plan for. And, um, and then you, then you think, okay, now what's my dream for my next body of work? And you're so lucky because your gallery's right down the street where you are, and you can just wander in there and look at it and say, okay, if I could do anything with no, you know, not considering money, materials, whatever. If I could be like bewitched where I could just twinkle <laughs> my nose, what would I do? What would I do? Anything, anything in this world. And then you can see your mind will just start working and you'll just start thinking, oh, I could do this and I could do this and I could do this. And then you'll just be running back to your studio. And that's what I usually do. I go into my things and I usually walk around and I say, okay, what, what would I love to do next? You know, and, and then you just do it and then the projects will come. Guarantee yeah. it. I, they just pour in. In fact, you'll probably have too many projects and you'll be like, Oh God, I can't, you know, I can't quite keep up and you'll be pushing them back. But I can see in your face that you're extremely emotional and you're very, very um, kind of like, I've never seen you quite this emotional. And so you could give yourself a week off. Have mm -hmm. you ever thought of that? A week <laughs> off where you could what go. What do you mean? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's, a, it's a rare concept. You know, plan, you're going to Venice. Plan your time in Venice. Look at some travel books. Yeah. You know, think of going to maybe a couple of these other places. There's some great little side trips outside Venice. You know, that guy that, oh, the, the wonderful, uh, Mm, architect guy that did that incredible cemetery where you where you flood all those little canals and it's like oh uh, yeah 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 oh that place is like super incredible you should go there you know you should go see the Giotto Chapel you know like these these things and you should look at them and every time you go to Venice you should do one of these yeah. You know, and then just plan which one would I like to do this time when I go to Venice and and then plan every special thing you're going to see in Venice, you know, and this and just do two hours a day of this planning you're getting mm -hmm. to go to Venice, which is wonderful. And then do some relaxing things. Take some beauty. You love nature. Take some beautiful walks mm -hmm. and every day stop in at your show and look at it and write a couple lines about it. You're so lucky that it's right there. Mm -hmm. And that would be like such a special thing. You don't have to go down to your studio this month unless your studio calls to you. Yeah, you know? it's not calling to me yet. Well, then, then give yourself a little break. Yeah, that's what 
Greg said too, because I'm so go, go, go. And then the other day I, I was, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do nothing today. And then I was grouchy. <laughs> so oh. I'm so bored. And um, <laughs> I was even too bored to have a nap. Um, but you know what I worked on today? Right after Venice, I'm home for four days from Venice and I'm doing a TED talk in Nashville. Oh, good for you. So I was working on the talk for Nashville. So what am I talking about? Like, I And I'm working on the kids book. Like I've got 5 billion things to do, right? Um, yes. But it is just sort of this, you know, and I've had shows before, but not a show like this. So this has yes. just been, um, like again, stupid art school. I was told, you know, oh, women are so emotional. And if we put, if we tell our stories in our work, it's just like, oh God, we have to hear this woman's story again, you know? So I, I basically tried to take my own stories out of everything. So this is the first time I've really been like, here's what's happening with me. Here's all this vulnerable stuff. And now I have to talk about it repeatedly. And it's very cathartic and it's really amazing, but I've just never really, I think that's why you can see it on my face. I've just never had to sort of open up a vein like <laughs> like this before yes. you know yes. and so um yeah I'm I'm exhausted and so um I can see it I can mm -hmm. see I can see it and in your eyes I see yeah. it in your eyes yes I know I feel like I can't catch up with sleep basically and then I'll sleep a ton but I still just feel tired I think it's just being like just going so hard for so long and I couldn't believe so we talked right before I installed but then the night before the opening I had a full-on panic attack about nothing like it wasn't even about the show I don't know I just like I couldn't catch my breath and I was just like had a bazillion thoughts flying through my head and um I just wanted like the next my mom was here for it which was so nice um and so she came to the talk with me and then I just wanted it to be over yeah. like Usually yeah. I look forward to these things but, and I was yeah. like, oh, is it COVID? Is it because I haven't left my house in two years and now it's like baptism by fire and I have, you know, I don't know. I was just like, I don't want to go. Not to the point where I was like saying, I'm really not going to go, but I just was like overwhelmed by the thought of going. Yes. And then I went and it went great, of course. And there was lots of yes. amazing people and whatever, lots of support. And then we came home for a few hours before the opening. And I just wanted to go to bed. Yes. Yes. You were overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. But then I didn't want to miss the opening, but I was no, just like, also just wanted to like false. Like I was just like, oh my God, I just cannot keep my eyes open. And then you and I were supposed to record this conversation and I hate canceling on you because I know you're so busy and it's like, I'm, I'm always so happy when I get an hour with you. But I was like, I literally, it was two o'clock my time. I could not keep my eyes open. Oh, it's better. It's better if you cancel because you could, you wouldn't even be able to think straight. And don't worry about that. You just have to, you just have to be honest and, and, um, and no big deal. You know, yeah. one I just wanted to be able to articulate the things I was thinking. And I wasn't even sure what I was thinking at that yeah. stage. I was just, you know, just moving moving yeah 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 yeah, yeah. of course so, you were yeah but I'm excited to see what's next and I'm also yeah I'm gonna get cut myself some slack and just chill out for a little bit and focus on other you know like work on the book or work on you know the TED talk or whatever and um yeah I think I'll just let the studio call me when it's ready I think that there's that tiny bit of fear that 
oh no, like what if I slip into a creative block? You know, like there's, no. there's that bit of fear. Cause no. I don't want that to have, I was on, I had such good momentum and I was feeling like waking up and I was an artist every day. I was being an artist from nine to five, you know, and I just loved that. I've wanted that my whole life. And I was truly living that I wasn't even bothering with regular clothes. Cause I was so covered in resin and paint that <laughs> every day was just overalls and converse. And I just have not felt that comfortable in my own skin in a really, really long time. So I think there's part of me that has this tiny bit of fear that like, oh God, like I, I know I'm not done rationally, but irrationally, I'm a little bit scared that like, oh, what if there's nothing left in me? Oh, never, never. If you closed your eyes and you, you know, and you just sat for a moment and you said to yourself, you know, am I finished? You would, you would definitely hear your own answer. Yeah. Just ask yourself that question. Just close your eyes and quiet down and ask that question of yourself and hear your own answer. Oh, I can see the church in Venice. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And you deserve, you deserve a, a break. You deserve some time off. You're, if you were finished, I think, I think, I think there's, there would be a tremendous amount of other people that would be finished. I, I, I just don't see you being finished. No. And, and I don't either. It's just that old fear, you know, just that creative block fear that, but I know there's more, I know there's lots more. I just can't, I'm not entirely sure what it is, which I think is a bit scary, you know? Yeah. But, um, I kind of asked you this a minute ago, but like when you first started doing the work that you're really known for now, like these hangy pieces and the wax and the peacocks and everything. Cause I mean, I always know your work now when I see it and, 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 you know, you continue to move forward and you make new work, but I always know it's yours because you've got your visual vocabulary that, you know, repeats and comes back and, it evolves and there's new things, but there's still like your core stuff. And so was there, when you did those first few, I don't even know what the first one would have been in that camp. Were they like uh, I'd have to look back. I'd yeah. have to look back and yeah. see, yeah. Did I mean, you think like, Eureka, I'm a genius and this is what oh. I'm gonna do for the next however long? Or did you think you did those and then you were like, okay, now I'll, get a whole bunch of dead fish and um and a big doorway that looks like mary and <laughs> no i kept switching i kept switching after i did the wax then i did um gosh then i did like um uh, black sand and hair oh, right. and then i did um oh gosh i'd have to look back um we just did a timeline thing um for oh. Of people in Taiwan, but then I did um, plaster, and I kept mixing with a lot of materials until I got like all these different materials. And then once I got all the different materials, then you know I did sh I did shape cars after that. I did I did a lot of different materials, and then 
once I got all these different materials, I often put wax over those materials as I do love the wax, but now I'm moving. I'm actually, my next big project, I have five shows I have to do. Once I finish those five shows, then I'm actually, I'm actually started it. I'm, I'm moving into video, um, which I think is kind of a shift. Um, wow which I think will be interesting. So um, like right now, the big, big project we're working on, oh my gosh, will we ever finish it? Um, you know, it's been in the making for 10 years. The Philadelphia one? The Philadelphia one. So once we, oh gosh, once we ever finish that one, um, then then we'll, uh, then, then, then once we finish that, then we'll do the video. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I like shifting, but that, um, no, I never, I, I never say Eureka. I think it's, I think it's better <laughs> not to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's more fun that way. And when I'm doing a project, I'm always thinking about the next project, even if it's quite a few years out, mm -hmm. because I think that's more, more fun. Yeah. yeah. I know. I've been keeping notes as I go for like other random ideas that I have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I do have an idea, but it's very like, it's like when we met and everything was on round panels. Like it's very at the beginning of a nugget of an idea. And that's what I've learned in like this year and a half with you is that that nugget is not gonna be the final thing. It never is. And I'm fine with that. Where, yeah. where for it used to always be the final thing. The nugget was the thing that I would force through the round hole, whether it fit in there or not. <laughs> and I was like, there, yeah. done what's next and so I have this little nugget and it's been really like all this learning that I've had it's like okay I'm gonna let this little nugget float around in my head and I'm gonna take a few notes and I'm gonna try a few mock-ups on the computer and uh I did do I did do a little experiment the other day it did not work at all I I, <laughs> I thought of it at like midnight and I'm like I am a fucking genius and I wrote it all down at, in my bed and then I'm like, I'm doing this tomorrow. This was just a couple of days ago. And then I went and did it. And I was like, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't work. Uh, and like, again, in the past, I would have been like, wow, you know? And I was like, I it kind of made me laugh. I was like, all right, well, that was the wrong nugget, you know? And it's like, <laughs> but there's something there, but it wasn't that. <laughs> and uh, oh, that's so great. Good yeah. for you, Danielle. Good yeah. for you. Well, it's because of you, like, it's because of all of our conversations. Like, I listen so hard <laughs> when we chat, you know, and I take away so much more than I think you even realize. And I think it's because of all these years of, with the podcast and the books and whatever, I really, really listen. Um, even I think that's why I get tired doing those talks and those and like Q and A's and stuff, because I listen so hard to what everyone is saying um, and try and take, you know, like try and give them what they, what they, you know, like the conversation they want to have. I, I really want them to know I'm listening. And then there's always a gem in there for me. Isn't that wonderful? That's yeah. so wonderful. They must appreciate so much you're listening so hard. You know? I hope so. You know, like, it's funny because when I, growing up, I didn't, I didn't listen to anybody ever. I just talked oh, wow. myself. And my parents would always be like, oh my God, Danielle, shut up. And, uh, 
when I started the podcast, oh my God, it's mortifying to listen back to the first couple of episodes because I don't even let my guests talk. Oh, well, good for you that you learned from it, that you listened to them and, you know, in, listened to the podcast and then said, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Yeah. Good like, why you. do I have them on here if I'm not listening to their answers, you know, and I just, I had my list of questions. And so they'd answer. And instead of like listening to what they were saying, I was like reading the next question. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Because, yes. and, oh my God, it was awful. And, uh, and so I think just, I've had the podcast for six years or something. So then meeting you when I did, like, I'm so glad I met you when I did, as opposed to earlier, cause I wouldn't have been ready my art wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have been ready to hear the lessons that I needed to take away, you know, and uh, I'm just so thankful. And then I love that we, that we're doing this because after our last episode, so many people emailed me and said they got so much out of it, out of our conversation for their work or for whatever they're going through. And it's just, well, that's so because of you. It's your talk. It's your talk. It's all about you, Danielle. It was what you were going through for your show, what you were doing. You know, it's really your thoughts. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just asking questions. You're just, it's well, I you. appreciate that so much. Like I, it, I appreciate it so much because it, even our very first call, and you, I showed you one of my panels, my round panels, and you said, okay, tell me about it. I couldn't remember the last time somebody said that to me. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. You know, I didn't know how to talk about it or think about it. I was so afraid of negative criticism because I think the last time I really, really did that was art school 30 years ago, which did not go well. And so I was so scared to truly think about it, truly say it out loud it, to someone I admire, because what if they didn't like it? Or you know what I mean? Like there was so much anxiety wrapped up in so much of it. So it just feels like, it feels like a year and, a, and whatever of therapy to like, and just having somebody like you to bounce stuff off of and to hear that, you know, you cry on the plane on the way home from Rome because it was overwhelming or it was, you know, the end of something and the beginning of something else, like, just makes me feel normal to know that you feel like that too, you know? Well, I think that's why we all, we should all share a lot. I think that really helps. I think, I, I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe that women process it differently than men. Men are told they're not supposed to cry, so probably they don't yeah yeah I don't know if this is true or not I've never heard many of my men friends say that after they have a show they cry or don't cry I've never heard them say that I'll have to ask some of them but yeah. I've heard a lot of my female friends say that you know afterwards it's like oh you know and they and it's very emotional for them and um and of course they don't cry at the shows, although some of them do, but because it's emotional, it's a, if they, it's not if they put just work out there that's just the same for them or they repeat or whatever, but 
if they're putting work out there that makes them feel naked. I used yeah. to have, when I was really young, I used to have what they, what Crozier, which is a company here in New York, they would always bring these pink bags for me to vomit in because as they were <laughs> taking my work away, I would throw up. And um, so they would be just have the pink vomit bags, which were from the airplanes, you know, those vomit bags they used to have in the back of the seats. And because they would have to handle my work and it would be like five guys would come in to move my work. And I just having them touch it, I felt like I was vandalized. And I remember that um, these two guys would just be like, oh, give her the bag, you know, and I would throw up in it. And this other guy made a piece of art that would say, you know, PETA's vomit bag, you know, and because he just thought it was so funny that I would vomit every time. But then I, there was one point when I didn't vomit and I said, maybe this isn't good work that I'm sending out if I'm not vomiting, you know, um, and I thought, oh gosh, but I do feel it is, but I didn't vomit this time. And, um, and I realized that we had changed companies and maybe I didn't feel as close to these guys to vomit in front of them. <laughs> I was like, okay, is this because of the guys or is it because of the work, you know? And I remember thinking, oh Lord, this is just gonna be just ridiculous. So, but oh I- God. When you have a retrospective one day, you, it will have to fill one entire room of MoMA or something with just pink barf bags. <laughs> pink barf bags, oh my gosh. <laughs> Ode, Ode to 19. Whatever that was. Whatever. That was yeah. in the 80s. Oh yeah. my goodness. But it's just, it is, it's just a very personal thing, you know, and with guys just touching it so freely. Because it is a very personal thing. It's your thing and they're touching it. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. I yeah. don't know. Maybe other people don't feel that so much. I don't know what a, I don't, I've never asked them, maybe because you feel awkward about it. I don't know. Well, I'm going to start adding this to my podcast questions. I always ask if, if you were an artsy kid, now I'm going to say, do you barf and or cry oh, no, don't after, say after a show? <laughs> no, but you know what? I, it, whether I ever ask anyone this ever, I can already guarantee that I'm going to get a whole bunch of emails saying, yep. <laughs> or no or whatever after no, this like is she crazy like no no I, there will be I'll, I'll send them to you and then we'll both know that neither of us are crazy and then there's like people high-fiving us at home right now going totally been there <laughs> oh god <laughs> well, I think it's probably even more prevalent with sculpture because sculpture is so if you make big sculpture because you know often they had to like lift them up and move them and they're touching them and and it's it's like, you know, and I always called my work, the girls, my girls, right. you know, and they're very feminine. They are feminine. Yeah. And so and we used to make jokes about them. That one's a virgin. So be careful with her. <laughs> you know, it's like the guys would always think that's funny, but I was trying to get them to handle it very delicately, but they're heavy. So to handle it delicately, you know, it was a whole thing, but yeah. you'll, you'll see, you know, you probably well, that's the like, other thing I, I was paying it really paying attention to was the practicality of, <laughs> because my girlfriend came over, she has like a, an SUV and I have an SUV. So we, we got all of the sculptures between my car and her car 
into our two cars. And then okay. we drove very carefully 15 minutes down the lake. She said the night before she'd had a dream that she got in a car accident and everything oh, shattered. Oh, shattered. Oh. So she I mean, drove yeah. so slow. I was oh. never on the highway and I was like, dude, let's go. She was driving so slow because she was so afraid. You had to. I know. But then, so we get there, we're taking it out of the car and there's like, paint chipping off of everything which I knew was going to happen I, I actually had a backup can of paint and a paintbrush so I could touch things up once they were in the gallery but if I'm shipping this somewhere and I'm not I mean first of all I'm like okay well clearly this little control freak needs to be at every single install there's no way I could ever like just ship stuff and not go um even when you're dead you'll be back installing it every <laughs> exactly that's right my ghost will be a control freak um but it made me pay attention to, ooh, okay, this would be really hard to ship somewhere. And if I did, it would, like, this one's really heavy. Okay, so how would I ship X, Y, and Z? And if I did this, like, it was just, it was really interesting to have to, like, think about that. Because uh, I had the, the, the ease of having it down the lake and I could just throw everything in the car and take it. But yes. if it was going to New York, which is like the dream, right? Um, or Venice. Or Venice or Paris. What, like, how do I, what do I do? Like, and what goes and what doesn't go? And what new things could I make that could maybe get taken apart and easily put back together once they got there, you know, whether I'm there or not. So I've never had to think about that because all I've ever done is collage. You yeah. bubble wrap it, you put it in yeah. a box and off it goes, right? And they, out. Yeah. And they hang it up on the wire that's yeah. on the back. Yeah. So this, I've never had to think about this, right? So that was kind of interesting too. Yeah, I mean, this is, see, for me, I love this part of it. It's engineering, it's part of the whole shit. So yes, you have to think of this and always, and this to me is the funnest part because you have to figure out, okay, how can I see for me, it's very Catholic because the Catholic church always said to us, you know, the Virgin Mary came and she disappeared to the children and it was such a big surprise for them. And then she disappeared. So I always wanted these sculptures that looked like, how the heck did this get here? And so I always wanted the pieces to appear and then be gone. And people would go like, how did this get here? And so <laughs> that's why I started dealing with the wax because I thought people would go like, how did this get shipped here, you know? And right. all the way to China or to Venice or to Miami or to the other coast and like, and drippy wax, right? Like how did this ship? So, uh, I had to figure out, first of all, I had to make sure the wax had a formula and that it would last forever, right? Yeah. Or the black sand or the hair. How did they make the hair? So, And I have to make sure that after I'm long gone, that all this stuff is like perfect and doesn't move. And we had to design crates that would fit so that when one person and you have to save these crates oh my god because they're engineered for these pieces but the crates are very expensive we have to engineer them but originally the guys would come in and they would take the pieces and they would load them in the truck and engineer them in the truck oh. so that they would go like to 
I remember we did a big installation in Cleveland that's still there and they had to be braced in certain ways in the truck because we weren't going to crate them. But you brace them within the crates and so that these braces um, hold the pieces within the crate and then you release them and then um, and then when they when the the pieces are finished, you put them back in the same crate, put the same braces on so that they can just travel anywhere. And these pieces that have these long drips and everything, they can go to Taiwan and not a drip falls off because of the, the way we That's engineer insane. them. Yeah, so you have to figure that out. And, yeah. and it's not that difficult but you have to start thinking that way. And while you're building it, you'll be so surprised because your mind will start to think, oh yes, we could do this, we could do that. And that's so much part of, I think, the fun of it. And, um, and I used to have an engineer on staff who would, who's trained me to really think like, how can you make this wall of wax on all the sides stand up in the middle of the room and the and the wall wakes up, makes weighs a ton how can you make that stand up and then move it cut it apart and move it from place to place you know and he taught me how to do that how do you move these pieces with cranes or with motor hoist and those sorts of things wow. and so you'll start to think that way as you're move, as you're making these pieces, which is really so much fun. So you won't, it's not that hard. It's not right. that hard. Well, yeah. I did, uh, you know, it was kind of good because I, I had to do a bunch of trial and error with these things because I had some bell jars right, yep. that aren't attached. Yep. And I was like, well, what do I do? Because then if somebody like tries to lift it, like the whole thing could just like fall apart. Right, um, right. And so I actually, but I didn't want to pour resin in those pieces. I used resin on a paintbrush and I painted the inside base of the, um, of the bell jar with the resin and then whoop, put the jar, the lid over top. And then now it's like a solid piece. Done. Done. And Done. I couldn't figure that out before. And then, so uh, I had a bunch of jars that I couldn't do that with. So they were out and I just found things that I could either seal from the top or seal from the bottom. And then I was like, oh, look at me. It's like I'm look an engineer or something. You. Look at you. See, that's so great. So great. And you're really using your mind in new ways that you never thought were possible. But you just study it. And sometimes I study it and I think about it. And then I go home and sleep on it. And in the morning, it's like, oh, that's how we do it. Yeah. You know, it's really fun. It's like how your mind's like working during the night. I'm like, okay, put plug in that brain, plug yeah. in this, you know. <laughs> and in the morning, it's like, oh, got that answer. Or sometimes it takes a week or something like that. Or sometimes I propose the problem, fall asleep, and when I wake up, there's the answer. It's That's amazing. what I do when I run. I, I set up the problem when I start the run. <clears throat> and A, it helps distract me from the fact that I'm running. <laughs> oh that's so great and then by the end of the run I usually have an answer that is Danielle that's yeah. so great that's so wonderful that's you know you're just made I hate to say it to be a sculptor because I so want you to stay on that page I mean that's that was such a lovely way to work and to you know but you still can do both which is yeah so I'm so I can't so I can't put my collage scissors away I just love it too much but um yeah. Just giving myself the permission to 
to throw away all the, that old, those old rules that I believed were true about myself that I couldn't make in 3D or that I couldn't make with my hands just to be like, bah, that's a bunch of crap and just got rid of that. And now it's like, I was so scared of the resin. I was so scared of the clay. I was so like trying to figure out, oh, how do I assemble these things to make them? It's like, I figured it all out. So now I'm like, all right, what else should I try? And I'm not scared anymore, which is, I mean, what, what a self-defeating thing to just, just be stopping. No one else was stopping me. It was just all me stopping me. Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird what we do? Yes. Based on really old information. Like it wasn't even that I was conscious, like going, oh, well, that guy in university said I couldn't do it. So I can't do it. I'd completely forgotten about that. It was just, it was just in there as a fact. You know, it's like my eyes are blue and I can't make with clay. Yeah. You know, and then to defunct, no, de, you know, to to get rid of all of those beliefs and just be like, well, I'm going to try and to then go to the show a year and three months later and have people think that those were real cigarettes. I know that is so amazing. And remember when we were in high school, we used to always say, I can hardly wait to leave home because then I'll be able to do anything I want. But here we are, we left home how many years ago and we're afraid to try things. That is so counterintuitive. It's like, you know, really, we yeah. we left home, we can now do anything we want and yet we're scared to do it. Yeah. That is silly, silly, yeah. silly. So nope. yeah, nobody's stopping yeah. me except me. So I'm done with that. And uh, (laughs) that's a rule. You should put that one on your wall. Yeah, that's my rule. Yeah, you know, I can do anything now. Well, and I'm free. I I had, um, again, like how pictures kind of pop in my my mind. I had this. um, This is a tangent, but we're getting a puppy. (gasps) And Uh my Uh dog, our our kind, another miniature wiener dog. Her name's Agnes. Anyway, she's. What are you getting her? uh mid-may <gasps> too exciting and then you're going away uh well i'll be gone for part of august but the boys will be here there's oh, okay. nobody ever leaves our house there's always there's a, somebody's always home somebody will always be with her um our other dog died a year ago and then our other little wiener dog died about a year before that and so we we have taken a year off and and then the family we were talking about it anyway all of this to say, I was having a bit of anxiety about it because when when the last one, Murphy, when he passed away, it was super stressful. He was very, very sick. I was sort of his caregiver. And so there's all this anxiety associated with it, right? And then I just had this picture come across my mind that just said, I choose joy oh. because there's so much joy in having a new puppy, but I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm only thinking about the upsetting parts like the vet and having to put him down and I'm not thinking about the 15 years of joy that we had with him you know or like even being anxious about Charlie going to off to university in two years and I'm panicking that it's only two more years and then he's gone and it's like okay well I can choose panic still have I still have two years yeah it's like or I can choose joy and he'll come home in the summers and he'll you know what I mean like he's gonna be he'll my baby you. forever he'll yeah. still torture you maybe he'll <laughs> live at home till he's 40 you know fingers crossed <laughs> but I I thought I for the last few or years or you could I've go been, live with him 
Yes, I'm sure he'll love that. I've already told him that I'm going to move into res with him at university. <laughs> I said we can get bunk beds and go to the cafeteria together. Oh, wouldn't he love that? He's just And he just looks at me completely deadpan because he wants to go to my old university. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, this will be so fun. Yeah. Together. I'm like, I'm already looking into courses. It's going to be great. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but you know, like I, I feel like for the last, you know, we've had a few, our family's had a few hard years. Like my dad died, Greg's dad died. Both of our dogs died, COVID, my surgery. Like, and I, I've been choosing anxiety. Like I've been, I, I worry all the time because I feel like it's a defense mechanism. And I thought, well, I can choose worry and panic, which is what I've been doing. Or I can choose to look at all the good things. Like all the wonderful things in my life and, and the, the joys of having a new puppy and the joys of, of Charlie being here and the joys of him going to university, like all, you know, I can choose joy or I can choose panic. And so I just had this, like, almost like a typewritten thing come across my field of vision that just said, I choose joy. And so that was about a week ago. And I've just been, I've just been thinking about that. And, and it's so freeing to just be like, I'm going to choose to live like that thank you very much yes that yeah. is so lovely yeah. that is so lovely. do you have any idea where you had seen that or that no I don't know I mean the, the new kids book is about joy is about like finding joy in art so maybe the word joy has been you know typeset in my I've, I've typeset it enough times now working on the illustrations but it's not it's not my go-to my go-to is to go to worry because I feel in control when I'm worried because if I worry, nothing can happen because I'll be like, aha, I knew this was going to happen. Good thing I worried about it. <laughs> you know, I'm already or, there. <laughs> I'm already there. Haha, <laughs> beat you to it, you know? Um, or I can just like be grateful and happy for all of the wonderful things and just yes. like let the worry go because what is the point, you know? Yes. Oh, isn't that nice? That's yeah. so nice. That's it's- so it feels like a hundred pounds off my shoulders. So I'm hoping that I can keep that feeling going. And, and I might have to make a little art piece for myself that says I choose joy to just put up somewhere so that on the panicky days, I can be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Another one for the wall. Yeah. Another one for the wall. Yeah. You're going to have a big wall of yeah, like right. affirmations, right? Yeah. That yeah. is so great. That yeah. is so great. Wow. Wow. Well, let me just make sure on my list. Oh, just one last question. Yeah. The colors that you chose were so interesting. I would have never thought to do the pink um, on the wall. Do you just want to say anything about that pink? Um, the reason I chose that pink was um, I love that blush. And I, I sort of always picture, you know, the cysts and, the, you know, all the stuff that was going on in there sort of this pinky color right and that wall is curved mm-hmm. almost like a belly mm-hmm. um and so I really wanted that to be light pink um for that sort of womb like thing and again I think I was trying to create an environment but I think the room was too bright and too big so and maybe the wall wasn't curved enough but that was why I chose as soon as I saw that, that wall was curved I was like well it has to be pink like the inside of a belly um, and I also really wanted my, my Grammy Blanche to be there. And that is the color I always associate with her. And, um, did I say that on the last 
I don't know if I told you this um, on the last episode, but you know how, so pink is her thing, but that I, after she passed away, I would see 54s everywhere. Oh because, yes, you did yeah. tell me that. And that the curator said, oh, you know, I'm gonna hang everything at 54, is that okay with you? And I said, that is perfect. Yes. And yes. At, when he said that to me, I was standing there staring at the pink wall and he said, I'm gonna hang everything at 54, cool. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yep, that's just perfect. <laughs> and I just felt like she was there, you know? And, and so that pink really connected me to all of that as well. That is, that's really special. That is yeah. so special. That's so, so I don't special. think I'll paint the inside of the church in Venice pink, but. No. Uh, <laughs> there are but, a lot of pink exteriors though. You do see that true. sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so. maybe the right one will appear to me somehow, but um, I'm happy that I went with that pink. A lot of people commented on it. A lot of people really liked it I think because you don't often see it in a gallery no, no, um so a lot of people really liked it and um I'm glad I didn't do the whole room like that I think it yes, would have felt like no, a baby room just an accent yeah. yeah 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 so I don't know I mean one of the questions you asked me last time was uh, what would I do differently if if I was given a space first and I could go then go and I would love that opportunity to like not have the work in mind, you know, but to go into a, a really odd or unique space that then I have to create something for and then make something for that specifically for that. And I would want to try and incorporate some kind of, you know, like color and sound and maybe smell. I don't know. Like, I just love the idea of stepping into like, it's like you're stepping into an artwork. Mm -hmm. you know like being in it I, I just love that and I've never been I've never done that before so I would love to create that yeah. it's it's really interesting I remember in the uh in 1989 I was I uh, did a show at a gallery and the I remember I even changed their door size the, the door size was really it was like nine feet and inside their gallery, it was, I think 14 feet, 17 feet. And I said, oh, we have to have doors that are at least, you know, 12 feet tall. And they're like, you're changing our doors. Do you know how expensive that is? And I said, yes, but it's gotta be like a cathedral. Like, so when you open the double doors, it's like really opening them and they're like, well, and I said, we just got to do this and we have to do the floors white, you know, you have, you have dark floors, it's no good, we need white floors and super white walls, you know, because I'm doing these black shapes and, and, and they were like, they were, I remember they were stunned, they were stunned, but they did it. And it wow. really made a big difference. It made sense. They said, this is like really great improvements in the gallery. And it was because the door, it really opened up the gallery and it was like white floors and the walls were painted super white. And I did these really big black shapes. And instead of putting the lights on the pieces, I put them on the walls so that these black shapes were like, kind of like, flash bulbs, you know, so that the oh, black, wow. those black sands, so it would just be black, you know, and, the, and you just 
uh, you would just see black, you know, and I wanted that to be real black and it disturbed a lot of people. Um, and I had smells in it, um, in the pockets of a lot of them, I had used car oil and I put, um, and the smell was kind of like, uh, because they were organic shape, but it was all, um, uh, it was all industrial waste because it was black mm. sand was industrial waste. All the materials were industrial waste, including the, the, um, the used car oil. And I remember that the used car oil sort of, it moves, you know, so it moved up the sculpture and it looked like wetted. So by the time of the end of the show, the, the stuff had moved quite a, quite a bit. And I'd put baby powder on one of the pieces and it moved, encroached on the baby powder. It was quite beautiful. I, I still own wow. that piece. It's really interesting. It's eating the rubber, um, which I think is really interesting and um, showing the understructure. I like when pieces change like that, that you that you know they're gonna change before. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was- Could really you really smell the oil? Oh, of course. It was yeah. used car oil. You yeah. can really smell it. It's really funky smell. And especially in a really white environment like that with all this stuff. And you'd smell it and you couldn't quite place it. And you're like smelling it and you're just like, what is that? And but you're in this beautiful, obviously super clean white space. And smelling. Love it. What is it? You know that when you go into a gasoline place and you go into where they're repairing the cars, you have that kind of, I can't really describe it. It's kind of like a, I don't know what you can say about that, but it's got a, it's not a horribly It's like metallic or something like. Yes. Yeah. I want to say screechy or something. Yeah. Weird smell. And that's what it smelled like. Well, it was weird. And people would say, what is that? You know, one person said, is it a dead mouse in the wall? Like, no. <laughs> but I said, it's, it's this used car oil. And they, and I said, because I wanted you to know that all this is old industrial waste, you know. And um, it was way before they were talking about, you know, industrial waste flowing through the cities, because it was right before that time, because that's what I've been looking at. Mm. And so, um, and so a lot of people got it. I would say half got it, half did, which is mm. interesting. Yeah. So. Well, when I came in there with that like 50, 50 year old bottle of Avon, like, you know, it was pungent then and oh, like after it's been wow. sitting for 50 years. And so I went in there and I knew I was going to use it very sparingly. But the two ladies that sit at the front desk were like, what? Wait, what? Because. <laughs> They didn't want to have like Avon headaches all day long, right? Because, and I said, I swear. And so I, I only kind of put it on the far end of um, the piece, but I did put it on the back of some of the collages on the panels, which is so cool because I even forgot which ones I had done it to. And then when you hang them or when you walk up to them, you can smell it, but you're like, it's really ghostly. It's like, yes, is that my grandmother? Like one girl said, oh my God, looking at these cigarettes and stuff totally reminds me of my grandmother who would like put out her cigarettes on like plates and stuff. And she's like, I feel like I can even smell her. 
Isn't that so? See, it's very, very subtle, isn't yeah. it? Strong. Yeah. So I did tell her there was perfume just so she didn't think she was losing her mind. I'm like, you actually, there is actually perfume. She's like, oh, thank God. I thought I was having a stroke. Um, but you know, so I, I love that. And this, this doing the sound and doing that little bit of, um, scent, I feel like isn't even my full big toe dipped in. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yes. I just wanted to try this, but I didn't go whole hog. And so I think the more that I start to exhibit like this, I want to start playing with that. And like, that's why Alexandra's show in the next room over was so inspiring. Um, it was packed on opening night. So you couldn't even hear the sculptures gurgling because there was just oh. too many people and people were talking. So I went in a couple of days later just by myself and they're all lit. So there's no light anywhere else except on the pod things. And as you walk through, it's so dark in there because she even painted the ceiling navy blue. So you walk in and as you pass them, you just hear boop, 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 and then it gets faint as you walk away. And like, you just want to sit, they're hung in a circle. I just want to sit in the middle and like meditate. Like, it's just so beautiful. And, um, I was like, Ooh, that I want to do that. I mean, she was so amazing. Cause she loved my work and she spent, I don't know how many, how long, like looking at every single jar. And, um, she's the one who gave me all the jewelry from her grandmother yes, to include. And she recognized different stuff. She was like, Oh my gosh. Um, but I just love that she created this space. And that's always my favorite thing in Venice. There's always so many weird little shows and, um, cool little rooms within palazzos that where you, you go in and it's all dark and you get to have this experience like that's I just think that's the coolest thing ever yes yeah. oh yes that's what made, that. what made me when I went in 2017 want to push my I was just doing my little collages back then and I had that moment of being so sad and thinking oh I'm, you know my collages are so dumb and it's like well they're not dumb because they got me making art again and if I want to be grand and create experiences and whatever I, I can do that. Like, yes. You know, I'm free. Yeah, I'm free. <laughs> I can, I, and I choose joy. And it's like, I, you know, if I want to put perfume on stuff and, you know, be in a dark little space with only this and this and this lit and tell people to put in 12 foot doors. Cause I said, so <laughs> well then watch me go. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Well, yeah. congratulations to you. You should be so proud of yourself. So proud. I am. Yourself. And I'm so, I'm so proud of myself and I'm so thankful. And you're still going to keep talking to me, right? Even though this is, this show's over. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to like, oh, that's it. That's we're it. Done. We're yeah. finished. <laughs> of course. I'm so excited to see where you go from here. I know. And you know what, what has to happen next is that I have, like, I have to come to New York. Someone said to me at the show, like, oh, when was the first time you met PETA in person? And I'm like, ah, uh, never. <laughs> I still haven't seen her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. know how short she is. <laughs> we're going to just have to have like a little black, like, cardboard rectangle that we walk around with so that we feel like we're in like a little frame so that we feel oh, comfortable yeah <laughs> that's such a funny idea <laughs> I saw someone do that for a Halloween costume they were a zoom meeting oh and they that just... is hysterical yeah oh, that is so funny yeah pretty good oh right? that is yeah. very good that's very good that's a that's a good one. Oh, well Peter thank you so much for 
everything and and for taking the time to do these two episodes and to ask me all the questions like to let me think about this stuff and you know talk about it at length I like I appreciate it so so much oh it's absolutely my pleasure I feel like it's been so fun to watch this whole process and I've learned so much too and it's just wonderful you're just so open you have the best spirit ever and I'm just so proud to have watched all your progress and you've just worked so hard and you're you're an inspiration to all the women that you have you know brought forth on the jealous curator and that inspires me every single day when I open it up at 4 30 in the morning I'm like <laughs> there she is doing her thing and it's really been such a great treat I mean you also have lots of great men but I would say the majority of it is women. And that always just touches my heart so much because women have been second-class citizens for way too long. And to see all their great art and all over, and so many Canadians, which I have not been exposed to, and then women from all over the world. And this is America, but also you know Europe and Africa and um, and I was so touched when you did some Ukrainian women mm -hmm. and um, it's just wonderful Chinese Japanese you know Taiwanese I know I just try and tell as many stories as I can because I feel like I I never heard those stories when I was wanting yeah. to be an artist when I grew up you know so I'm just trying to tell as many stories as I can before you know that's it's so so great and I follow so many of them you know my following I know up, well you know? my on Instagram apparently I found out you're only allowed to follow 7,500 people because I am at 7,500 people that I'm following <laughs> they won't let oh. you follow anymore so every now and then I have to go back so anyone listening and you see that I've unfollowed you don't be sad it's just because I know about you and I know what's going on with your art and I have you bookmarked in other places I have to unfollow people so I can follow new people oh isn't wow. that crazy Wow, that that's how many people that's how dedicated I am to following people I'm trying to get Instagram to increase their amount anywho why would they, why would they only allow I don't know. you to follow that's crazy I think then they think you're you're a spam bot or something if you're following too many people and it's like oh. no I'm an art lover for god's sake let me follow oh. whoever I want oh maybe you have to have two two things uh two uh, accounts you know uh jealous curator one and jealous curator yes two. maybe well and brace yourself because wanna... agnes the wiener dog's gonna have her own instagram you better believe that i've already bought her a few oh. cute t-shirts <laughs> yeah then she's got she'll have her own thing yes she can follow all the new people there we go Okay, so because you don't want to unfollow anyone. I know, it's terrible. No, no, no. They, and they would feel horrible. I know, and people I do. And then I, I have to email them and be like, no, 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 it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's not yeah. you, it's Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, so I've kept you for too long. You have to, okay, sweet yeah, me. you have to go eat your dinner. Yeah, got to drive home and go eat my dinner. Yeah. Thank it's you been, so congratulations. much. Thank congratulations. Congratulations. Tell the I family will. I said, hey. I will. All right, sweet pea. Take talk care. To you soon. Okay, bye. bye bye. I love it when she calls me sweet pea. <laughs> well, I feel so much better after this conversation. I have been in a bit of a funk after the opening, and it sure is nice to hear someone like Peta remind me that taking a break is perfectly fine. And I know that I am nowhere close to done. In fact, I'm just getting started. But there's nothing wrong with a bit of downtime to reflect 
and maybe a quick nap. <laughs> Actually, since we recorded this, I have taken her advice and I've gone a few times to sit quietly at my show with a notebook and a pen. It has been ridiculously helpful, of course. Oh, Peta. Thank you for that advice and for taking time out of your insane schedule to do this with me twice. Thank you, of course, to Beautiful Bizarre Art Prize for supporting this episode. Get all of the ins and outs to submit your work before July 17th uh, at beautifulbizarreartprize.art. And of course, as always, great big thanks to you for listening. I will be back soon with a brand new episode of Art for Your Ear. See you then. Mm-hmm.